everybody and welcome to Ground Control, the second Ground Control for 2023. It's actually important that we look at where things are going and the title for this Ground Control is actually Economics or Meteoronomics because what we see today is a lot of reporting on what has actually been happening in the past. Today we want to talk about what things are likely to happen in the future. We're a couple of days away from both interest rate uh, decisions in both uh, Australia and the US, but we're pretty certain we know what the outcomes of them. But today we'll talk about what the future interest rate uh, rises are likely to be, if any, and also what the impacts they are on, info, on things such as the property and the share market. Today we have uh, Emmanuel Caligaris, who's the uh, Chief Investment Officer uh, for Diverger. In particular, he actually is the uh, prime uh, operator of our care managed accounts as well. Emmanuel, welcome along to our session today. Thanks, Graham. We're looking at a, a different 2023 than we did to 2022. We're already seeing some um, figures that are coming out which look promising that might give us an indication that uh, inflation might be starting to slow and therefore we might see interest rates rise starting to slow. Can you give us a little bit of an understanding of where this is in Australia? And let's talk about the US after that. No problem. So um, as we... Uh identified last time uh, we did our ground control, um, prices for commodities were starting to roll over. In fact, they were falling. So things like oil, wheat, um, uh, you know, even iron ore um, and gas prices for that matter, uh, they were all starting to come down, which just meant that inflation and all that inflation that we saw building up um, through uh, 2021 and 2022 um, now starting to come down on the other side. And we've gone from $130 a barrel of uh, oil down to 77 where we are today. Um, the bowels of prices have gone from sort of $2.40 down to about $1.97 my area at the moment. Um, and if the Aussie dollar continues to climb a little bit more, you could probably see the price you know, ratcheting down a little bit more. These are all very positive signs and um, seem to be continuing. So uh, it's not only happening in Australia, it's also happening overseas that you know we're getting uh, commodity, soft commodity prices, uh, energy prices coming off. And so inflation is starting to roll down from that side. Now, remember, we've got a lag where uh, you've got um, wages asking to be compensated for the cost of living. And that has still been going up. So uh, what we're expecting to see now is that um, there might just be a rolling over. And we're only at the very you know, beginning of this. We might just start seeing uh, wages now flattening out, rolling over. In fact, last night, for the first time, we saw some fairly good signs in the United States that labour compensation um, is starting to abate, which means that inflation over the longer term, both here in Australia and overseas in the US, can potentially um, start to moderate. So, look, as I think I mentioned last time, um, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, we'll get lower inflation, but how much lower? And that's the big question that we've got now. Uh, some of the stuff that I've been seeing is suggesting that inflation is likely to get down to 2.5% and below. Um, I'm not so sure. I think that we might be seeing a first stop somewhere around 3 uh, And that's both uh, in the U.S., predominantly, but also here in Australia, we're, we're going to get to a three-handle at some point in time in 2023. That's got ramifications for interest rates. 
um, the lion's share of interest rate increases has been done. And the bond market has already sensed it and started um, coming down in yield, up in price. Uh, now, the big question that we ask ourselves is, well, what is now that fair value for a 10-year bond um, given uh, you know, uh, we saw it go from sort of 1% in the United States all the way up to 4 um, and not much different here in Australia either. We got a little bit higher. Um, but uh, now the question is, what's the fair value? Look, if you believe that 3% inflation is where we're going to get to, about 35 no more. And lo and behold, in the United States, bonds have been sort of hovering around that 3.5% level. Right. Um and in Australia, you know, I think we're going to see a similar um, type of level. It's important that we understand that we're not going back to one. Uh, you need a calamity to get back to one. You know, COVID was that calamity that, that took us down there. Is that likely to reoccur? Well, you know, anything's possible, but unlikely at, at this point. So... We're going to get stuck to, I think we'll get stuck to a range of, of interest rates on the bond side of somewhere between sort of 3.3 to 3.6, um, with an average of somewhere around that three, just slow, slightly below three and a half. Um, and on the cash rate, we're going to get to a point where both the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Federal Reserve pulls back from lifting interest rates. And whilst I've seen some people forecasting that 2023, we might, at the end of 2023, we might actually see interest rate reductions, I don't think we have enough data yet to be able to confidently say that they will be coming down in 2023. So, to your point, we're seeing them coming to a point where they don't need to raise them anymore. Yeah, look, one of the concerns I have is that um, a lot of our um, advisors and their clients will be listening to the media, and the media is reporting what's happened in the past. Um, we're actually looking at where we're actually going in the future, and I look at things like um, even fruit and veg, which was a major contributor to the inflation figures for the last quarter of calendar 2022. Um, I can buy my favourite tomatoes at a dollar ninety nine. Mm. I can't remember the last time I got down that down that that low. In addition to that, we we know that uh, one of the other major contributors was uh, travel. Yep. And um, the old supply and demand situations coming into play, a lot more supplies coming on board. That's going to mean the, the cost of airfares are actually going to come down as we start to, to settle back to some degree of normality. So I, I'm, I'm confident that we can, uh, we're not going to be seeing massive interest rate rises during uh, uh, 2023. And I think, as you said, there's lots of indicators to tell us that's the, uh, the case. The area that all of us actually are concerned about, again, the headlines, you know, the, the largest falls in property prices that we've actually seen. Let's just talk about property. Um, we don't hold uh, residential property in our portfolios, but it is an indicator quite often of um, uh, sentiment. Um, if people see their um, the prices of their property going up, they're likely to spend more. Um, what do you think about the actual residential property market? And also considering it's so widespread, there's so many different parts of it. Yeah, so um, very interesting that um, uh, on the property side, it's taken, it's been sort of a belayed reaction. Um, prices adjusted immediately as soon as uh, interest rates started going up. So that was about May 2020 that prices started coming back down again. Um, and um, uh, I guess the reason why people still felt a lot of confidence, so again, 
you know, to your uh, earlier uh, question or suggestion that, you know, we're seeing the true economics coming through here, but the media is writing something else. Um, what, we're, what we're seeing at the moment is that, uh, or, or what we have seen to date, is that there was a large pool of savings. And so people still felt okay, even though property, uh, interest rate rises were, were still coming through and property uh, prices started to decline, that, that savings rate kept confidence going for a little while. We're starting to see that um, you've got people rolling off fixed rate loans. Um, and so, but they've already adjusted their spending habits. And I think we spoke about this quite some time ago. I think it was September, October of last year, uh, whereby we were already seeing consumption patterns starting to change. Um, and that again was suggesting that confidence um, and that what people were seeing through their property prices uh, was starting to wane and come down a little bit. Um, property prices have now fallen by circa you know, 10% and all the experts are telling us that they're expecting them to come down another five. Uh, and again, if you have a look at it pre-COVID uh, or pre-pandemic, we're coming back to about where we were when the median house price in Sydney, for example, um, was somewhere around a million dollars. Um, and guess what? The headlines today somewhere around a million dollars. So uh, we've seen the large run up, we've seen a large run down. Uh, and th I guess the question now of where we're heading to from here depends on how much more interest rate rises we see, or as people start rolling off their fixed rate loans to go to a different um, a, a, a loan uh, arrangement, whether they take out higher fixed rate loans or whether they um, go floating, that's the question that's going to set the marginal price of property. So whether it goes further uh, down, the experts will tell us there's another 5% in this, um, whether it plateaus. Now, it's important, as I said, we understand that there's this particularly in Sydney I'm seeing that there's this supply-demand imbalance um, between what people seem to want to live in and what they um, can afford to live in. Um, and again, uh, it, it's tough because we all would like, uh, especially depending on our age, I mean, you know, as I uh, reflect back on my time, from 25 to, you know, to now, I preferred to have a backyard with a driveway where you can play backyard cricket um, and, uh, you know, kick a ball around um, and potentially have a swimming pool. As I get older, all that stuff becomes a mad chore to me now. So I don't want to be mowing lawns. The kids have moved out. Um, I don't want to be maintaining a, a swimming pool. So I'm on the downsizing, which would take me into an apartment, but there's other people that want to be living in single um, as standing dwellings. So because we're seeing, uh, and at least from, you just have to have a look around, because we're seeing less of those available single uh, standing dwellings and more apartments coming up all over the place, the, the demand is still there. So that price is elevated. The supply is there. That price is falling and you're getting this kind of um, uh, equilibrium but again, you might not have the exact house or residence that you want, but you're being forced to live in that. So it's a real complex picture, the, the, the housing market. Um, there's a lot of factors that play into it. You know, do you want to travel? Do you want to be paying tolls to get into the city or wherever it is, your place of work? Um, you know, uh, do you want four bedrooms? Do you want two bedrooms? Do you happy to be going up and down stairs or lifts or whatever? 
in the end, um, what I can see is that uh, the higher that interest rates go, the more the property prices will start to come down as a whole, as a collective, as opposed to trying to pick individual parts of the market. That hasn't finished playing through, but I think it will at some point in time in 2023, we'll see the bottom. Uh, just as an aside to that, and, uh, and um, over the many years that I've been in the finance industry, um, Australia had a reputation for being one of the poorest savers in the, in the world compared with the rest of the world. And certainly over the last uh, 10 years or so, that's certainly gone up and particularly over the pandemic. Have we, have, are we heading back to where we were, sort of in the low fives and below fives? Yeah, it seems that that's the case, that um, the, the pandemic was interesting in that we got a whole lot of um, handouts and so our wages uh, kept coming through if, um, if, if your employer didn't put you off and if it, even if they did, the government compensated you and you couldn't spend the money. So uh, all of a sudden we've got 20, 22% savings rates in the economy, which has been great because there was this bundle of money there that, you know, you went, oh, well, I don't care. That's now wound itself all the way back down again. And I think we will get back to that sort of, you know, more normal 5%. Now, during the periods there where um, interest rates were really, really low. We got to negative savings rate, but house prices kept going up. So there was this you know, confidence that, that your wealth was still going up and you could dis-save um, or, or actually uh, spend more than you were earning. I think that's changed now. I think you will get back to some sort of normal um, uh, savings rate call it 5%, um, you know, I, I think that that's where we're likely to head uh, over the course of the next few years. But to your point, the pandemic effects are still being felt through the economy. So the fact of the matter is, is that um, as those effects start to fall out, that's where we start looking forward and, lo- and it looks different but probably going back to normal as opposed to that abnormal period that we saw. Yeah, that's really interesting. When we, we start looking forward and start thinking we probably will sort of start moving back to um, what, what it is. And, and volatility should uh, hopefully start to reduce um, in, um, in lots of different areas of our, our, our lives. Let's talk about the share markets at the moment. Um, uh, we're in, the, in Australia, we're up for the uh, half-yearly results uh, for many companies. Um, we've um, got an Australian dollar sort of pushing just past 70 cents uh, at the moment and congratulations to you you and the team by the way on the decision to uh, to hedge that at 62 cents. That's a, a good win for our care clients. Um, but um, what is the outlook for the Australian share market? Yeah, so this is where it gets complicated because, again, um, what we're seeing is that um, uh, we're, we're getting an, a bottoming of the economy um, and uh, earnings, you know, prices have adjusted but probably don't fully reflect earnings or profits. So now the question is, is if the economy is weaker, earnings go lower, and so we get, despite the fact that you don't get a recession, you still get the share market coming off a little bit. Um, the complexity to that is that China is reopening, so that makes you know makes it good for the likes of BHP, Rio, Fortescue, Metals, Woodside, um, you know, and all our uh, energy producers. So... Um, you will get parts of the market which look 
less cheap and those others that still look cheapish. Um, overall, the Australian market seems to be slightly above fair value uh, at the moment. So um, it's not a lot overpriced, but um, it certainly has moved to price in a lot of good news to the end of 2023. Um, and so I would suggest a little bit of caution here and not to chase this. Uh, I noticed that there was a lot of uh, investment strategists in the United States suggesting that you want to be selling the strength in the marketplace um, and that this is a bear market rally and that if interest rates continue to rise over in the States, um, you know, this is probably a good place to be taking profits. I'm getting fair value in the Australian market. It's somewhere around 72 to 7300 today with all the information that we know. Um, and as I said, uh, markets are never backward looking, they're always forward looking. Uh, and so they're looking at China saying, okay, well, we're going to go through a period of weakness where COVID uh, cases increase um, and uh, the ramifications of that uh, before, uh, you know, they start to get back to some sort of normal existence as well. So once the economic activity starts to increase, and that's what our stock market has been looking at and prices have been going up through the December quarter, um, that's where we've seen that strength. Um, our banks, though, which is another major part of the Australian market, if you do get mortgage stress, the banks is where the, the hit's going to come. So that'll be a negative for the Australian market. And banks make up about 25% of our market. So that's an area that I'm looking at, you know, um, suggesting that uh, they have risen uh, a little bit in terms of um, what we've seen through the last quarter of 2022. Um, they've priced in some decent profit results, but not huge profit growth. Uh, and again, they're looking sort of fair value-ish, but if the mortgage uh, market does get into a bit of stress, you could see some increased provisioning and some um, price declines. At the moment, I can't see that happening. At the moment, things look okay. So that there's no euphoria, but there's certainly positive sentiment that seems to have driven prices to a point where you go, I've got to be a bit careful here. It, it, that raises a really interesting question from my perspective. Um, what sort of industries actually benefit from interest rate increases? You know, in our industry, I know general insurance companies do because uh, they can match their assets and their liabilities to, to meet their claims against each other. So that actually helps because they don't need as much capital. But what other industries do, yeah. do you think are impacted by... by well, every, every industry will get impacted by rising interest rates. And more, though, it becomes negative as opposed to positive. Um, and anyone that's highly indebted um, will fill this will fill the pinch as well so you've got to be very careful that companies are managing uh, their debt well um, and I think from here on as we look forward uh, there will be um, some companies that will be um, hurt more and some companies that will benefit the ones that have been steadily building up cash and tucking their profits away for a rainy day, they're the ones that are likely to be benefiting now as other companies come into stress because they've borrowed too much and their leverage has been too high, that they'll come uh, and get eaten by the ones that have been more prudent. So we'll see that coming through um, uh, 2023. I think 2023 will be a, a year of um, mergers and acquisitions increasing. Um, and so just keep an eye out on highly leveraged companies. If we see further 
um, interest rate rises, they'll be uh, under a bit of stress and the ones that have been prudently managed, they're the ones that will be looking to take them over. Good, good. And just for the benefit of our advisors and their clients, um, fair value doesn't mean uh, expensive. Fair value means fair, fair value. value. Exactly. It's not a time to jump out of the stock market. Uh, it's not a time to, but it just is a time for caution. Yeah, that's right. So I think where we sit is we we understand that you stay invested for the long term. Okay. Now the question is, I've got. I want to go on a holiday today or this year. Um, the market has certainly bounced and given me a return that you know aligns with where we expect it to be um, through our uh, our plan. This might be a good time to just top up your cash reserves to move a little bit across to where you know you're going to be spending money. So, for example, if I wanted to buy a new car this year, markets have recovered. Um, I always said that at some point in time in the next 10 years, I need to buy a new car because we know that things wear out and get old. Um, this might be a good time to move a little bit back into your reserves or your cash bucket to have just because um, we have seen a good recovery in, in those share prices. And the Australian stock market is not that far off, I think, if I look at it, uh, it's all-time highs again. So, um, you know, it's 7,500. Um, I think we got to 7,700 pre-pandemic. So we're not that far away, a couple of, you know, a couple of percent. So, again, you're right. You're absolutely right. Is this just because it's, it's run a long way doesn't mean that it's, it's expensive. Um, and if you take your money out, uh, and the market keeps running, you're going to be in strife anyway. So we understand, and the dividends are still good, right? So the dividends are still coming through. So, um, you know, I, I think we've gone through a very difficult period. Um, and there was a lot of craziness, if you think back over the last couple of years, a lot of reactionary policy, um, you know, uh, a lot of uh, compensating. Um, and as I said, this is more of a return to normal. The new normal for office workers in particular looks a, a bit different. You know, we're still working from home for two days a week, um, which is wonderful because, again, you know, you increase productivity because you don't have to sit, sit in Sydney traffic for, you know, um, for two or well, one and a half hours on the way in and then one, one and a half hours on the way out, depending on where you live. Even for me, I mean, I'm only 16 kilometres from the city, um, but that's still a good 45 to, you know, an hour uh, that I don't have to spend. I go from the bedroom to the kitchen, bathroom, straight to my desk. And all of a sudden you add an hour on in the morning and an hour on in the afternoon, your productivity goes up. Interestingly enough, though, you don't get that interaction with your team. You need to pop your head over the table and say, hey, what do you think of this? Have I seen this? Have you seen that? You still need to have that interaction. And that's where I think employers and companies are going to have some challenges in trying to get people back um, to get that culture, that organisational culture working through the, um, uh, you know, that to the benefit of our clients, to the benefit of the organisation, to the benefit of ultimately shareholders. Yeah, good. Just let's finish off on the US and... Um it's obvious from um, what the Biden um, uh, pol policies are uh, that the US is trying to um, extract a little bit of um, itself from China, starting to do deals with other countries on different things. Um, how do you see this playing out? I've always thought that wars of the future are going to be won with money. 
in other words, people can't afford not to, to trade, if they start actually extracting themselves out of their relationship with China, um, does this create um, potential problems for them, both from an economic perspective but also from a homeland security perspective as well? Um, uh, yes, <laughs> uh, it does. But again, I think that if we reflect back on, again, pandemic, post-pandemic, and the way that different economies handled or different governments handled their economy, um, what became painfully obvious was that there was a reliance on supply chains um, and maybe an over-reliance on supply chains. So my economy is growing. It needs stuff um, to manufacture and, and use as inputs um, and you're not supplying it and all of a sudden you're grinding me to a halt. Um, and so... Uh, and I think we spoke about this last time as well, that that diversification of supply chains, wherever it is possible, um, is going to result in uh, an increase in cost. I mean, China is a very low-cost producer of a lot of things, um, and there will be friction for the next couple of years as investment um, starts to try and work out, you know, sort of how do we, how do we diversify our um, our supply chains, even bringing them home, all right, wherever it's it's possible. As I said, just because you need the product um, and you're prepared to now pay more. There's an inflation piece there. Again, it might be a one-off, um, and after the price has gone up, it goes steady. Usually, it doesn't happen that way. Um, but but uh, certainly, that reliance on China and they, they're two very large economies, and they're going to need each other in the future, without a doubt. No matter what. Yeah. But, and, but there's going to be friction, and there'll be friction for always. I think that you know it, it's a given. Um, so. Uh, just to your point of, okay, well, what does it mean? Well, it means slightly higher costs and it means that, you know, you're prepared to wear that as a business um, so that you can continue to produce. Because if you don't produce and sell anything, you don't make profit. So this is the decision that you have to make and whether the cost increase is worth it to be able to continue to um, to, to work for your shareholders. Uh at what point in time now does it become, and this is a hard one, right? At what point in time does it become that, well, China's supporting Russia and we don't like that, so therefore we're going to put sanctions on Russia, but, you know, we're going to also be highly critical of the way that um, Chinese politics, um, uh, I, I guess, is handled. That's too hard for me to, to answer. I don't know. I'll let the experts commentators and I'll read what they have to say. I just got to look at the economics of it and just understand that if it's too much and they can't pass prices on, they'll get a profit squeeze, which will be bad for shareholders. If they can pass prices on and then, you know, the, the supply chains are unblocked, fantastic. Um, the profits will be flowing um, towards that. As I said before, they're two very large economies and they kind of need each other, but don't want each other. Um, it's going to be you know, a, a hard one to sort of uh, get to grips with, but but we'll always be watching just in case something out of left field happens, and we've got to make a reaction to um, uh, for the, to and for the portfolios. Okay, fantastic. So, Emmanuel, just in summary, um, and you can correct me if I've got this wrong. Um, interest rate rises are likely to slow, if not if not stop. 
um, uh, in the near future. Uh, the market's at fair value, uh, but um, good time to to take some cash off the off the uh, the top of the market if you need to use it for you know, to live on or to buy a new car or to travel and so on. Um, the, the property market is resetting a bit because we've seen a fairly substantial increase during the COVID era, and and now it's coming back to more to uh, to normal. And from an overall perspective, um, uh, the US um, is also seeing inflation likely to, to come to come down and we're just going to see the results of that and again um, more so around uh, fair value but we're going to expect some lower volatility through 2023. I think it will abate. That's exa- exactly right. So you've summed it up absolutely perfectly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for listening to our second ground control for 2023. We look forward to presenting further information to you in future uh, sessions. 